This podcast is scheduled for one fall. Now residing in the Quad Cities, Dave in the QC. And his tag team partner from Rochester, New York, this is RJ. Today's episode is presented by Away Travel. Quite simply, Away makes everything you need for your trip away. Away started with the perfect suitcase, then built from there, creating a range of travel standards developed from the travel stories of friends and seatmates. The pieces aren't smart, they're thoughtful, with features that solve real travel problems. To give the whole world access to better travel standards, Away took the direct-to-consumer approach to lower prices, and the quality is guaranteed. Your Away suitcase will be with you for your life. We are teaming up with Away and Podgo to give you the best deal on premium luggage by going to podgo.co slash away. That's podgo.co slash away. Away Travel, here to make your journey seamless. Welcome back. I am the man with the magical voice. He is Mr. Dave in the QC. Dave, what's up, man? How are things with you? It might help if you get off a of mute. <laughs> Let's try that again. <laughs> Heard little girls screaming in the background, so I muted it. And, like <laughs> and you forgot. Damn kids. <laughs> No, it was a long night. We had a, we got a, my seven and five-year-old, obviously little girls. And then we had another seven-year-old spending the night last night. So it's been one of them nights. Kids so up, up early, up late, didn't get much sleep is what it is. I'm so happy that I have an eight-year-old son. That's all I have to say. I don't know, man. I get around little boys like that because I have. I come from a blended family. Like my parents are divorced. So I have a, a real brother. Mm-hmm. And then I have a stepbrother and a stepsister from my mom's marriage. She remarried when I was three. And I have a stepbrother and stepsister. And they, so my stepsister has a son. My stepbrother has two sons. My oldest brother, my real brother, has a son. And then my other stepbrother and half sister don't have any kids yet. They're not married yet. But right. on my, wife's side she has a she has three sisters and one of them is married and has two sons so literally there's boys everywhere and then here's dave with two little girls lucky you cursed (laughs) but i I get around the boys and after like 30 minutes i need a freaking nap boys have energy for days girls are just fucking drama so it is what it is but the energy that the boys have Blows my mind. Like, I don't know how kids can have that much energy 24 hours a day. Well, um, my son is a, definitely a ball full of energy. And we have to, we actually like had him tested because he had too much. And they're like, yeah, he's doesn't, he has a short attention span. I'm like, oh, I wonder where he gets that from. Eh, mainly me. Yeah, but, I'm ADD to like the 19th power. Yeah. So I had to take Ritalin as a kid and all that shit. Cause yeah, I mean, even as almost 40, I take, Vivance now it's like uh they have ritalin and then adderall mm-hmm. and my wife thought adderall made me mean so she requested i try something different 
So I take Vivance now. I mean, and if I don't, dude, I'm all over the place. I'm up on the walls, walking on the ceiling. I couldn't imagine me on cocaine. Holy Christ. Cocaine's a lethal drug, man. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's the, uh, the, the uh, meds that are making you mean it. I think it's all that liquor that you drink. No, trust me. It's the meds. <laughs> no, okay. I, I don't, I don't, I don't really drink a lot of liquor actually. Uh, I used to gin used to be my thing back when I was in the army and I mean, I'll still drink it now, but I usually just drink beer for the most part. A lot of beer. We'll do some shots and stuff, but it's not that drunk. Dave's fun. Dave. <laughs> I, I have, I have my moments though, where my, and my wife says it's just, sometimes she feels like she's walking on eggshells, right? You never know what kind of mood I'm going to be in. Cause yeah, depending on how I slept the night before, what's going on. Sometimes I'm uh I'm pretty short tempered, so is what it is. Trying to get better at it. Well, I'm always short tempered. I, I don't have obviously the PTSD, but uh but yeah, so but if if uh if you do, you can always sit back, relax, and listen to the ringside rant. That's soothing enough. You can hear both our wonderful voices. But with that being said, we've heard uh Heard a lot of good responses back from the last few episodes. So we appreciate everybody that has uh, gotten either with myself or with Dave and uh, given us good words and uh, given us some crit- constructive criticism, let's say, with uh, what they what we want, what they want to hear, what they don't want to hear, what you, we need to change and whatnot. But a lot of good things as far as what I've heard is uh, you know, this beautiful sweet water microphone that I have now. So that's always beneficial so people can actually hear my soothing soothing voice good thing they don't have to look at your ugly ugly face like i do well lucky you but at least uh that that, i always say i have a face for podcasting everybody wonders why we don't do video why i haven't done video in the past i said man nobody wants to see my ugly mug they barely would like to hear my ugly voice so We, we can move on to video once i get off my wife's computer i go get me something new a little bit better camera this camera's kind of green your picture comes through much clearer than mine. I got to work on this, but that's what I get for using like an eight-year-old computer too. Like we said before we started, uh, before we start, we started recording. How dare you throw your wife under the bus? At least that, that she that, can hear you. I, I went and bought that brand new iPad Pro or whatever for to do this podcast, and then the damn microphone shit doesn't work on it. Well, do, can't you use? I thought you said that uh, it works. She good. Uses if, that if I use like GarageBand or whatever on there. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's dude. It's beautiful. Right. But it, the microphone only works on the iPad itself, like the internal microphone, right? For Zoom and stuff like that, it doesn't. It won't allow the outside microphone. Oh, okay. I get so you. my, you know, my microphone that I use for this won't work. That's why when we did, did our first recording that we ended up mixing, it sounded like shit the whole time because mm-hmm. I was using. I had this plugged in and thought this is what was going on, but it was the. the it was using the internal in. mic from the iPad itself. So I'm going to have to just go bite the bullet and get a MacBook or something. And Yeah, that's what I have. I, I, it's, I like it just because with a lot of oh, peek behind the curtain, a lot of the editing that we do, I do for the show, I can convert it right over from my phone or my son's iPad right to the computer and bing, bang, boom. I got, you know, this, I got that or whatever the, uh, stuff that you hear in between the segments or whatnot. So, well, in my, I wanted a new iPad. I had an iPad four and it was time for a new yeah. one. Yeah. And then my wife has always just had a laptop mm-hmm. and I've been looking at getting her a MacBook cause she's been starting to show interest in it, but I wanted to get me 
an iPad too, just because I don't use, I hate laptops. I just rather use the iPad. I like the small, easy design, touch screens, just roll with it. But she wanted to try the iPad first and instead of me going and buying both, maybe all the stuff that she uses her computer for with her selling skincare stuff with Rodan and Fields and then all of her spreadsheets because she does all the bills and all that mess because that's what she likes to do. Yeah. So she's very detailed when it comes to all that. It's all her spreadsheets and all that. So she wanted to try and see if she could do that on the iPad, but she hasn't even tried it yet. And we've had it since before Christmas. I think what I'm just going to do is just go buy her a MacBook and then she has it and we can get rid of this old laptop. And then when I want to record or do anything like that, I'll just use the MacBook for it and I'll still have my iPad. Yeah, I, I've always had Apple products for probably the better part of the last decade or decade and a half between iPhones to iPads. And it just got the MacBook last year to upgrade all the all the equipment for the show and stuff. And it, honestly, with all this technology, it really comes down to personal preference. You get everybody that wants to argue, oh, it's Android or Microsoft or whatever, then there's Apple. Well, it all comes down to what you're comfortable using. It all just depends. I mean, I had that Android in my first couple of big phones after my Blackberries were Android phones. Yeah. And then my first Apple phone was the Apple 6. And I had that for a few years. And then I got the iPhone 11. I think the 12's out now. So I got an 11 a year ago. Yeah. Once you switch from Android to Apple and you get used to it, it's fine. It took a, you know, it took a little while to get used to because they're different, but mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't matter whichever one I use. I use it. I get used to it. I move on. I just think apples are a little bit more secure. They don't seem well, to get yeah. viruses or anything like that. And I kind of like that. And- you look at these old laptops we have and stuff and how just shitty they get and everything like that. My, my iPad four is still flawless. The only problem is, is that you can't down after a certain operating system comes out, it can no longer you can no longer upgrade it anymore. So all the new apps that start coming out, you're getting old versions of because that can't be upgraded anymore. And that sucks. That's the stuff that sucks. You start spending all this money on these things. And then in a couple of years, they become obsolete because you can't download the new operating systems. Yeah, that's the bad part about it because I think I've had a bunch of conversations with other people that are Android people or went from Apple to Android or whatever. They're like, yeah, they. I think Apple knows when your phone is too old because everything stops working. I'm like, it all the. I don't think that's it. It's just a matter of how you use it. You know, I'm always on my phone all the time. And then my wife makes fun of me because of it. But I keep telling her, I said, well, if I'm not on my phone, I don't make money. So with that being said, the one thing that has been money has been Mr. Rich Palladino. So let's go up to the ring for our opening contest. Ringside Rant fans, it is now time for RJ and Dave to throw down their opinions on what's hot around the world of professional wrestling, sports, and pop culture, and is scheduled for a 10-minute time limit. It's the opening contest. All right, so Dave, opening contest this week. We're going to start off, we talked briefly last episode about the Royal Rumble. We saw Edge win uh, this week. Just like it seems routine where the winner goes from one promoter, one, not one promotion, excuse me, uh, one uh, show to another and saying, hey, I want to face you. I want to face you. Uh, We saw Edge do that, uh, planting seeds on Raw, NXT and SmackDown for the potential matches at uh, WrestleMania. Uh, We haven't seen a definite answer from him yet. Uh, What are your thoughts going forward? 
with Edge, who do we really want to, one, see him go against, uh, and two, on the other side of it, who do you think he's going to have the better match with? I think it doesn't really matter who he has a match with. Edge is good in the ring. Drew is good in the ring. Roman Reigns is good in the ring. People don't like Roman Reigns because of how boring and stale the whole thing became back when he was a face. I like this new version of Roman the Hill. I love it. But are you going to put Edge in there and have him beat the face of the company for the last four or five years when Edge has been gone for 10 years? I don't see him fighting Drew. I see him going, and obviously we know he's not going to fight Finn Balor. Right. That's just, it was thrown out there because of AEW's beach break dynamite that they had this past week that Edge was in the building and confronting the NXT champion. But we all know he's not going to face Finn Balor at WrestleMania for the NXT title. So it's either going to be Drew McIntyre or Roman Reigns, assuming they are the champion of their respective brands come WrestleMania. I would have to venture to guess it's going to be Roman. But then does Edge win? Could we get an Orton costing Edge during the match type deal or something like that? Because I don't know why Vince would put Edge over Roman at, you know, Edge is almost 50. Roman's the face of the company. Is he really going to job him out to Edge? But I don't, with that being said, who else, who do you want? You don't want to job him out to anybody, obviously, because he's the face of your company, but that being Roman. Uh, but who can you really the have The only other option you have is, say, Randy Orton wins the title sometime between now and WrestleMania or something, and you get that that rubber match with Edge and Orton. But do we really want to see that again? I, I, I Don't get me wrong. I love Orton. I love Edge. Well, but I, don't, I don't. Like I, I stated on last week's episode, you don't like Randy Orton, Orton doesn't do it for me. But, so but I could never, if Randy Orton was never in another wrestling match again, I would never lose one ounce of sleep. Okay, I do like the RKO's out of nowhere from time to time, but it was also cool, you know, 25 years ago when Diamond Dallas Page was doing it. Well, that so, too, that too. But I, the only I, the only person I see doing it and beating uh, Roman is his Shield brethren, Seth Rollins, uh, and that is the only way that I can see somebody beating him and not really bearing him too much. Because then you can constantly, you can have a long feud like he's had with Kevin Owens. I've loved, I love the Kevin Owens and Roman feud. I would have liked to have seen KO go over. Oh, so me, me too. Me too. I, I predicted that. I thought I, I thought he was going to, but with that one spot there with those uh, handcuffs, that kind of shot themselves in the foot anyways. But well, that should have been how he we went over. Right. Well, right, so, exactly. See, I don't see Seth being the one now because he came back as a heel. Had he come back as a face, I could see it, but he's still doing the Messiah gimmick. But I I like the heel Seth Rollins. I'd like the heel Seth Rollins a lot better than the face Seth Rollins. But I think I, I, I've always had this opinion as of late, as far as being a wrestling fan. Earlier in my re- wrestling fandom, I, hey, you're either a face or you're a heel. I think it all depends on the story that you tell. You could have two faces, two heels going against each other and still tell a good story and still get over. Well, it could, and it's a shame that we don't get that more often. But I think we could get that with Rollins and Reigns because they're so good. Well, but the problem is now is they're, they're on – well, I guess Rollins is on SmackDown now, isn't he? Yeah, he just came back to SmackDown. Well, he was originally on yeah. SmackDown, but – Well, he was on Raw originally. 
originally, yeah. when they did the draft, he went to SmackDown. I forgot about that. Yeah, and then he came then back. He left soon after. Yeah, because Becky had the baby. Yeah. That's the only person I really see really doing any damage to Roman's title reign. Unless they have somebody come back, they bring Are they somebody push up. Push Cesaro now. I would. I would sure as hell hope so. I sure as he hell just hope re-signed, so. And on last week's episode of SmackDown, mm-hmm. beat Daniel Bryan by submission, middle of the ring. Which I was surprised that you would have uh, Bryan tap out to Cesaro. Like I said, nothing against Cesaro by any means, but Daniel Bryan. I think they're going in two different ways. In the on the on the roster right now, I think Brian's on his way down, and well, Brian had all the momentum going into Royal Rumble, and he lost that Royal Rumble. I get that's my opinion, but obviously, but, but see, and see, this is what this is where WWE has shot themselves in the foot is that they're kind of they don't have a lot at top at the top right now, and they could because they have Cesaro, who's been underutilized for years. They have Shinsuke Nakamura, who's been underutilized ever since he came to the you know, came up from NXT. Right. You have Aleister Black, who hadn't been on television since, like, October. I was surprised I didn't see him in the uh, Rumble either. Aleister Black is one of my absolute favorite wrestlers there is right now. Me too. And the fact that WWE can't get it right with him and how he's not being pushed to the moon. It's criminal. Absolutely blows my mind. Same with Andrade. Yeah. Dude is money. So you go back and look at NXT with Andrade. Alistair Black, Shinsuke. Shinsuke Nakamura. I mean, that was awesome. Awesome main events in NXT with those guys. Look at even Bobby Roode. Now that he's tag, ta- exactly. he's tag champ Bobby with, Roode. with Bobby Roode has no business being in a tag team, a thrown together tag team at that, because that's what WWE does, just throw shit on the wall and see what sticks as a tag team. And then, you know, you have tag teams that come up and then you break them apart to put them in another tag team. Like they broke up Otis and Tucker. Why? They broke up the Iconics. Why? It's stuff like that that makes zero sense. Like, I mean, soon, give it soon. One of these days, Street Profits, they'll be broken up too. For what? I think think with the Iconics, I think the better, and then I like Billy Kay, but I just don't think she has any, she is a national treasure. But Billy Kay's providing a better story right now than Peyton Royce is. But that Billy Kay stuff from the Royal Rumble was freaking comedy gold. Oh, exactly, that's what, but that's what the iconics have been. They're not. They're not serious. But they need to be when they together. Were, when they were the the women's tag team champions. They were money. That was perfect for them. Right. But w- they break them up and then put them in a different tag team. Well, that's stupid. Nobody wants to see Peyton Royce and N- Natalia Hart. Yeah, or uh, what's her or face? Nat the Hart, the, uh, the uh, Southern Billy Bell. Kay is part of the Riot Squad. What? That make any sense? It's stupid. Well, I just think they're just Liv Morgan like, left the riot squad and now she's back with the riot squad. You know, she's a good singles wrestler. Just she's to put her good. back in the riot squad. I would I, I would pay a lot of money to see Liv Morgan and Bill or not Billy Kay, Peyton Royce in a feud. I, I, I would I'd I pay think a lot that's of money, money just to see Liv Morgan and Peyton Royce. It doesn't matter. Well that too, but that's a that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> and you and you know we could get that over too, but uh but yeah, I don't uh I really see him going again or edge going against uh, Roman. I think that's where the better match is. I don't want to see him against drew. Uh, I think. Who do we I, get I, against drew then? I, at, at this point, throw it against the wall and see what happens. Cause to be you, you got to think it's going to be the fiend and Randy Orton. They're going to yeah. have some kind of feud. Bring, bring back uh, Lesnar. Where the hell is the fiend? Uh, who knows? 
I, I, I have no idea. Like I haven't heard anything as what's going on. I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything. The only thing we've seen is the stuff with Orton and uh, Alexa. I know, but I mean, they're obviously they're keeping the the feud going, right? But I right. haven't seen like I haven't heard anything like outside of wrestling, like real life. Wyndham Rotundo, wh- what's he doing? Why is he off? Why are they giving him a break right now? Right. Because I pr- I was pretty sure he was coming back at Royal Rumble, but that didn't happen. That would make too much sense. So something that kind of made sense to me was Adam Cole and Roderick Strong losing to Ciampa, Tomasa Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher in the uh, Dusty Rhodes Classic. I really like it because it opens up so many different questions for them. Are they staying in NXT? Uh, Is Undisputed Era through? Uh, Are they moving up to the main roster? What says you, Dave? What do you think is going on with Undisputed Era? I'm not really sure. I would like to see the Undisputed Era move up to the main roster as the Undisputed Era. I, I kind of miss the whole, you know, having multiple superstars together and, you know, some sort of team. My only fear, though, is that Vince would totally misuse them because of the size they are. They're not big guys. They're not going to overpower anybody. They're not going to win any bodybuilding contests or anything like that. And we all know what kind of guys Vince prefers. Right. Look what you have as champion right now. I got Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre. They're two big dudes. Right. Adam Cole is a superstar anywhere in the world. Wherever he goes. And the fact that he would be completely misused on a main WWE roster is just, it's mind-numbing. But it it goes back to the Aleister Black, Andrade, Mm -hmm. Shinsuke Nakamura type, you know, argument that that we've had. So I, I don't really know. I mean, I think they, they fit best in NXT right now because of the mindset of NXT and how, you know, Triple H is willing to make the smaller guys champions. But I'm sure some of these guys eventually want to go out there and get the big paychecks because the guys in NXT aren't getting paid like the guys on the main roster. I don't care what they say if it's, you know, the NXT is considered the main roster or whatever. They're not paying those guys what they pay the main roster. They might be paying Finn Balor, but they're not paying everybody else like that. Right, and I think it boils down to, and I agree with you as far as Adam Cole, but it's a matter of, okay, what do we want? Do we want to have 10-star matches in the Tokyo Dome type things, or do we want to uh, be making a crap ton of money by the wheelbarrow uh, full uh, up on the main roster? They can make money with anybody they push. Right. You but know, I mean, the it individual took the fans I mean. to get behind Daniel Bryan to get that thing going. CM Punk was money. He's not a huge dude. Yeah. So, I mean, Adam Cole is smaller than your average wrestler or whatever. But there's no reason why guys like Kyle O'Reilly, or Roderick Strong, and because Adam Cole's so good and he's been a main eventer in any promotion he's been in, mm-hmm. so include him. There's no reason why they can't main event the scene on a normal WWE roster. Shawn Michaels wasn't huge. Bret Hart wasn't huge. They, they were, I think they were lucky coming after the, the whole steroid era, you know, that whole deal with Hogan and all of them, but you can live with these guys being your champion. And I think, I, I really wish we could have gotten a run out of Finn Balor as universal champion. Had he not hurt his shoulder mm-hmm. and to see what truly happened. Because I, th- I think they literally did it right with him. 
they had him go over clean on Roman on Raw. You know, Roman had the whole Adderall thing anyway and got suspended. But he went over clean on Roman. He went over clean on Seth to win the belt. But unfortunately, tore his labor in the process. And then gets buried after that. Like, that's his fault. So I, I wish we could have gotten a Finn Balor run as Universal Champion to, to actually see what Vince could do with him. and Because that's unfortunately what happens. You know, Dolph Ziggler won the title but had a concussion. And he's never been in the title scene again since. Right. Like, why does Vince, if somebody gets hurt, on something weird, you know, and you've worked however many years and not had any issues, but you become champion and get hurt and you give up on them immediately. Why? If Roman gets hurt, he doesn't get given up on, but only the small guys do. Yeah. Because he doesn't see, he doesn't see the worth in him if they get hurt, you know, like a, like a Romans or like a Roman or Brock yeah, or it, it's Drew. one thing if you get hurt week in, week out, week in and week out, but just a one-time freak injury and you're done. Stupid. But I, well, I'll say this, and we can put this to rest. But I think we're going to see the feud within the undisputed era between now and WrestleMania, uh, and then at, at WrestleMania weekend, we're going to see some sort of feud match to blow off the undisputed era, and then we're going to see them come up to the main roster the night after WrestleMania. I think this year is going to be the year. Everybody's been saying over the last couple of years, "Oh, the undisputed era is going to come up. The undisputed era is going to come up." This year's the year because we finally have some sort of normalcy, I guess, with fans being in the stands at WrestleMania this year. So I think they're going to basically pull the cord on it this time. We'll see. I mean, I, I think they need, to, they need to come up, but NXT needs to get their due. You're having another two-night WrestleMania. There better be some damn NXT matches on that card. I think I, I I think they're starting to see the writing on the wall where they know that NXT is the more superior brand, but I you think had, I you think you're I hope you're NXT right. NXT talent in the Royal Rumble, men's men's, men's the women's the men's side, the men's side, they the women's head women because they don't have thirty women on the main roster anyway. Right, right. But you had NXT go over clean over everybody a year and a half ago at the Survivor Series when they did the everything was NXT versus Raw versus SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And then NXT has not been seen since on a main roster pay-per-view. So you can't tell me that their main roster, if they're not in the any, none of them are in any Royal Rumble matches. They don't have any matches featured at any other pay-per-view. And they only have their special NXT takeovers. So how can you consider them part of the main roster? And I, yes, I think the stars of NXT are just as talented as everybody else, if not more so a lot of times. But I guess a lot of them are talented, but they're handcuffed with what they're allowed to do and whatever. But why are we not getting NXT during WrestleMania, during SummerSlam, during Survivor Series? So this year's, you know, one year after last year's Survivor Series, NXT wasn't even on the thing at all. Why? Right. See, it seems like the only reason we got it is because SmackDown drew that big rating when all the wrestlers were stuck over in Saudi Arabia and NXT came and saved the day with the invasion of SmackDown. So they kind of threw it together and it was one of the better pay-per-views they'd had in a long time. And then back to nothing else again. Well, where's the thinking behind that? I think just trying to make the, the main roster look strong, unfortunately, but we'll have to wait and see what's going on with the next few months between now and WrestleMania. Hopefully we'll see some sort of answer for that. It is now time for Rants and Raves. Thanks again to Mr. Rich Palladino for that great introduction. It is now time, Dave, for the Rants and Raves, one of my favorite segments on the show. Uh, and from what I can tell, a lot of people out there that listen to the show, they like us uh, ranting and raving 
trying to throw a little bit of a curveball this week into rants and raves. What is your most iconic film of all time? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Which one? Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Although, I, I, when it comes to movies, I'm, I'm a different breed. I right. like a lot of movies. And I like a lot of movies that people are like, that movie was terrible. What are you talking about? That movie was awesome. Just because you didn't like it doesn't mean it's terrible. But I like movies from, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time, Step Brothers. And I, anytime I ever see that movie on, I'll watch it. But I would have to say my most iconic film and one of what I think is one of the greatest films of all time is Shawshank Redemption. Morgan Freeman was amazing in that movie. Tim Robbins was amazing in that movie. And the whole story was just incredible. How it all played out with the warden and everybody else and everything that happened to him, you know, being falsely accused and sent to prison, dealing with the rape and everything that happened in prison and everything with the, you know, the whole warden and the taxes and the whole story of how he got himself out and then they end up in Mexico or wherever at the end. That is always one of my favorite, favorite movies. And I guarantee you every year, I watch it every year at some point just because it's on TV or something and I see it and I stop and I have to watch the movie. Absolutely love that movie. And I never even saw it till probably 10 years ago. The first time I ever saw it. Yes. Around the same because that was 94. I believe it came out. And that's one of those movies. Whenever it's on for me, I always watch it. Uh, and I even, you have to see the unedited version to, for it to really make sense. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because when you see the edited version, whether it be on, on broadcast TV or not, but, uh, you have to see the unedited version because then everything starts to, it, ma- it makes sense a little bit more. Uh, but my f- most iconic, when I think iconic, something that changes to, changes time, changes the business, a la like wrestling. My most iconic film of all time is The Wizard of Oz. And you, a lot of people are, well, why is that? That's got to be, it's a kid's movie. It's a kid's movie. Yes and no, it's a fantasy movie. But in 1939, when this movie came out, there was nothing, nothing like this. It was black and white. When you have a movie that goes from black and white to color, that's changes the movies changes film from that point forward. I liked the wizard of Oz as a kid. I haven't seen it in years and years and years. And I don't think I could probably sit through it now. Probably Mm -hmm. bore me to death, but I was cool with it. But to me, something like the sound of music is better than the wizard of Oz. You got to look at it this way. They had a budget for this. I did a lot of research on this because I didn't want to butcher this movie and like do any disrespect to this movie because I like it so much. It had a budget of $2.8 million in 1939. The box office alone, over $29.5 million. That's because it was 1939. There wasn't shit else to do. But still, (laughs) (laughs) I I get that. But it's like you, the way that it was produced, the way it was directed, the way that the actors acted, just was totally different from any other films during that time frame. And if you want to argue with me at that about this, feel free. I'm at underscore ringside rant and I will 
defend this to the end of time because this is up there with a Shawshank Redemption. It's two of my favorite films of all time. Individual films. Trilogies will be a different story for a different episode. But but yeah, if whenever you think iconic, like I said, you think stuff that changes time. Shawshank did that, I, I think. And obviously, uh, Wizard of Oz definitely did that for me because... When you start getting into trilogies, it's it's all about Batman, and we're not talking about anything other than the the newer ones with Christian Bale, badass movies. You want hey, you want to talk about badass? I'm I'm pretty sure we're going to be going to this for next episode. But you want to talk about badass trilogy uh, films? You got to talk Godfather. I'd take Back to the Future over Godfather. I'm a big Back to the Ooh. Future mark, as 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 a lot of people out there know. I I rock the uh, Saved by the Pod Back to the Future shirt, but uh, for that specific reason. But I, Godfather was just that much. I think I hate saying it because I love Back to the Future and whenever it's on, but Godfather is that for me. But like I said, that's a different. I, I take all the Jurassic Park movies over Godfather. Oh, God, bite your damn tongue. God damn you. you. Oh, Dinosaurs God, I... over mobsters. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, fuck dinosaurs! Who they uh, ever I'll tell beat? You, I'll, I'll give you a good movie to watch if you've never seen it. It's a Samuel L. Jackson movie. It's called Unthinkable, and it's amazing. I'll check it out later. There's a terrorist, and they have him captured, and he's an interrogator. And the stuff he does to this guy, trying to get information about when this bomb and stuff's going to go off. Watch Unthinkable. If anybody out there hasn't seen the movie Unthinkable, and you can stomach some of that stuff, watch it. It's incredible. So I'll say this, and then we'll get on to the next next uh, rant and rave. But screw dinosaurs! Who'd they ever beat? Well, they only lost to a comet. That was it. It's not fair. We'd lose they, to a comet too. I'll take the com- comet comet over uh, anything any day. So, anyways, nice. you like that segue, don't you? <laughs> I like dinosaurs. They're cool. I don't like Barney though. Fuck that guy. So with that, let's go to our next uh, topic, Dave. What do you got? So if you've been following AEW at all. You know, there's a, a women's eliminator tournament for the number one contender for the AEW Women's Championship. We finally got the 16 names of the women in this tournament. You have a Japan side and you have an American side. Who do you have as your winner and why? I think the winner is going to come from the the U.S. side. I don't think we're going to get a, a winner from the Japanese side. One name that I didn't see on this list that... I've that we've that you sent me, Dave. Chris Dantlander's not on this list. I don't know if she's still hurt or she's not ready. I know she's been doing a lot of rehab. I thought she might have been ready by now, but the one name that I see on this on this list on the US side that I just said that's gonna come from the winner's gonna come from that side. Anna J. Dark horse, pun intended, dark order of this tournament. I think they did. Are you being serious right now? I am. I am. Anna J. Yep. Get out of here. She's not winning anything. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I don't think I. I, I don't think Serena Deeb. My only other one was that I thought was going to win was Serena Deeb, and I don't think they're going to have her go over. I definitely don't think they're going to have Britt Baker go over because they would have done it by now. Uh, Ty Conti's another possibility. Thunder Rosa, I'll bring that up because I know she's your girl. 
I think that they've been giving her a raw deal, but and I think it's going to continue. Yeah, I do I, too. I don't really get the whole thing. If if Britt Baker doesn't go over in this tournament, and it's you know anybody other than Thunder Rosa, I don't know what AEW is thinking. And it's not because I'm a Thunder Rosa Mark or anything like that, which I am. But hey, I don't understand why Thunder Rosa has, you know, already faced Sheeta, lost. Has you know she lost her NWA title to Serena Deeb. She now lost to Britt Baker, and what's the whole point? Why do they have Thunder Rosa in there, who is one of the most over women stars outside of WWE and all of wrestling? They bring her in. They have the the weakest women's division of any. I mean, of you know, obviously NXT, WWE, you know, Raw or SmackDown. The AEW women's division is complete trash compared to that. You have somebody like Thunder Rosa that you can build your division around. And what are you doing with her? Nothing. So I don't get it. She puts on good matches. I don't think her match with Britt Baker was very good the other night. And nothing against Britt Baker. You know, the match that I saw with Thunder Rosa, Priscilla Kelly a few months back. Hard-hitting action. I mean, that was a great match. It's there. Thunder Rosa can do great matches. Her matches with Serena Deeb were awesome. Allison K. The match with Allison K. So, you know it's there. And I see that AEW is pushing their homegrown, come-out-of-nowhere Britt Baker as you know, one of the faces of their women's division. And I just don't get it. So unless Thunder Rosa is like a rented talent and she's going somewhere else, then why is she even there? Because that's somebody that you can build your division around. Well, I but, think she's, I think she's still technically signed by the NWA for at least another, I think through 2021, from my understanding, from yeah, what I I've think heard. so too. I mean, you, you got guys like Ziggy Dice who just got out of his, his contract with NWA just ended, mm-hmm. but you know, we need some kind of answers as to what's going on with the NWA too, because it's kind of sitting in limbo. I'm ready to see some damn Nick Aldis around here. Well, me too, but, but I, I got that Nick Aldis figure behind behind me, if you can see it, as I go away from the microphone. But so that finally came in. I think we talked about that last episode. But yeah, if you really want to know what's going on with the NWA, check out Nick Aldis at Real Nick Aldis on Twitter. Uh, he's usually one of the few people that are still pushing and pushing and pushing for the NWA that are coming back. And I really hope it, I really hope that's, uh, that's true. But Thunder Rosa needs to be a main focal point of AEW's women division moving forward. She's there. She's got the star power to do it. She can outwork anybody I've seen her in the ring with so far. So what are they doing? And at the same time, you're pushing all of this Japanese talent. And I understand that, you know, you, you have a new working relationship with New Japan and all that, but where's people like Swole and Statlander and stuff like that that you're talking about? Why are they not in this at all? Well, I think so, Swole got hurt too. I think Swole's hurt. She? I, th- I think so. Okay. I think she got like concussed or something, or she. I could have sworn she was on Dark or something just two weeks ago. Maybe, that may be it too. I I don't. I I used to watch Dark quite a bit, but I haven't really as of late. I but. watched Dark the first time ever the other night watching the Thunder Rosa match. Turned it on, perfect timing. Watch it and turn it off. Yeah, so I think pretty much I, I knew where you were going to go. With this. I don't see anybody. I don't see any of the, the the women from Japan, which the only one I even recognized was Asia Kong. Right. But then why is Riho in the American side? I thought she hadn't been on TV at all because she's been stuck in Japan. I so what, I don't get 
any of this. I think they're just throwing it together and see what happens. But I think that's my will- one issue with AEW. I like the freedom, but it's they're just not there yet for the writing. It's some of the shit they're doing just makes zero sense. So I like I said, I gave you my winner of Anna J. I've always I I'm a fan of her. I think she has a lot of potential. Another one that's on that list too is uh, Layla Hirsch. She's, she's not winning. I know she's not winning, but keep an eye on her. I, I think, think it's going to be Britt Baker or Thunder Rosa, and I don't think it's going to be Thunder Rosa. We've already had her fight face Sheeta. It's going to be Britt Baker, I think. And yeah, you know, and Rebel will play a part in that and build her up as a big hill character. That's what they're doing. That's I think they're I just. Think. I think I'm they're just. Wrong, that's what I'm going with. I think they're just trying to play a game. Why put her over Thunder Rosa if you're not going to have her? Win right. this tournament and face Sheeta. You heard it here, folks. You guys don't even have to worry about watching the tournament. We told you right here, Burt Baker is going to be winning. <laughs> but Thunder Rosa should win. Well, well, right. I, but like I said, I just, uh, to go along the lines, and we'll move on to the next topic, but I think, and like you said, they're trying to get over the homegrown talent, Anna Jay, Taya Conte, um, Britt Baker, people that have been with the company, but I, the smart way of doing it, I think, is Thunder Rosa to get the this this division over. But our next rant and rave for this episode is Dave. This uh, friends of ours, Efren will bring him up by name, is a big game show guy. What is your favorite game show or the best game show of all time? Well, I'd have to say the most iconic game show. We want to start talking iconic like we did before. Price is right. My problem is now I think the price is right sucks with Drew Carey instead of Bob Barker. Well, I think that so, that started when he took over, obviously, because everybody's so used to seeing Bob Barker, though. That's a problem. Yeah, it, it's it's hard to watch. And I've watched it some when I have an opportunity. Yeah, obviously, I've been working from home for almost the last year. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of, you know, with the time when price is right comes on, I usually have, I have a lot of phone calls and and meetings that I'm on. So I can't always watch Prices Right, but every once in a while I'll have it on the background or something going. And I actually prefer Let's Make a Deal with Wayne Brady that comes on before Prices Right where I live. Yeah, I think it's on out here during the, I think it's like afternoon or something out here. Yeah, it used to come on in the afternoon when I was in Florida, but it comes on, you know, 9 a.m. in the morning here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's to me is more fun watching than prices right now but i used to absolutely love the prices right but i i it's tough i think who wants to be a millionaire was a pretty damn good one and it it turned the whole world upside down you know once that came out because people had never thought about a million dollars or something like that for a game show and and i know that's back again but it was with regis pilvin that was that was who it always should have been and then you have survivor I consider Survivor a game show, and I think that's a pretty good one. But I don't like the concept of you know, the whole voting people off thing makes it hard when I think it should be, you know, the whole goal of Survivor should be the one who's the best at surviving, not the one who can get voted off. It's it's kind of like, uh, what's that new show, uh, Weakest Link? It's not, obviously, it's older, but there's a new version with Jane Lynch. Rarely does the smartest person out there win because the people know to vote them off towards the end. So we were, my daughter likes to watch it with me and we were watching it the other day. And there was a guy on there who literally was like a rocket scientist and didn't miss a single question. 
But after the final, you know, they got down to the final three and then the two people voted him off because obviously they know they're not going to beat him for the money. Right. And it should be like if you're the weakest link. So if you're the one who is statistically considered the weakest link that they have after every round, your ass should be off. So, I mean, I, I would have to go. I think Price is right just for nostalgia purposes with Bob Barker back in the day. Something between Price is right and who wants to be a millionaire. I mean, those were two awesome game shows. I mean, obviously, I love Wheel of Fortune. Right. And, I mean, I, I like the, the no deal. No skill at all in that game. Yeah, because that was at Holly but, Mandel, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just there's so many different game shows out there and so many that come out for however long and then go away. So it's, it's tough. You know, you mentioned all with all those game shows that you mentioned, you forgot two right off the bat, which was uh, two of the ones that I like growing up and still do to this day is jeopardy and uh, family feud. Uh, just because especially, oh, I can't believe that I forgot family feud because I absolutely yeah. love family feud, especially well, with Steve Harvey. Now he's so oh, damn funny. He's hilarious. But the thing, especially with family feud, I'll get to jeopardy in a little bit, but with family feud, it brought, literally families together brought people together it made people when you're watching it at home me and my brother used to like play against each other when they did it on tv i was actually playing family feud with my oldest the other day on yeah. my little retro pie thing yeah but it sucks because you have to literally type in every answer and all of that <laughs> and then it's from like 1994 so right. anything that's happened since then is not all you know you're right, right 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 you're thinking of other stuff but they ask you about tv shows well i got to think back 30 years to even start getting anything on there you know like oh geez and obviously right. my seven-year-old has no idea well and, and with jeopardy too is i used to have a jeopardy game a jeopardy sports game on my mm-hmm. sp- uh, super nintendo back i in like the day. jeopardy but the problem is i mean it's fun to watch or whatever but the average person doesn't know the vast majority of those answers or questions or whatever you want to however you want to say it with jeopardy right. so a lot of it's you're just listening and you're like what the hell is he talking about well jeopardy was the first time when i actually i played a rib on my parents or more so, so my mother back in the day was i always you recorded the old VHS tapes of an episode of Jeopardy. And I studied that son of a bitch for probably a week or two. And I bet my mom that I could get every question correct. And it was like 20 bucks or something. Bing, bang, boom, 20 bucks richer. And this was, I was probably about 14, 15. See, my kids get me now. There's this show called the chase. Mm, and I haven't heard of it. It's uh, I think it comes on ABC. Now it used to come on like game show network or something. It had some big British dude known as the Beast. He was he was like their top dog, and now they have three trivia guys on it, and Ken Jennings is one of them, and two guys I've never yeah. heard of. Okay, so it's just random as to which trivia guy you get. So there's there's like three or four people. I think it's three people, and they have to answer a series of questions in two minutes, and then they get ten thousand dollars for every answer or something like that, and then they put that money on the line against the beast or whoever the trigger person is now it used to be the beast so you call it the beast and then they get like to start against him two questions ahead as they're trying to get down to bank that money and then he's trying to catch him if he catches them he takes it over and then they have to win the money at the end by beating him and it's a fun show to watch but it's it'll never be a huge hit because the month this you know they're they're fighting for a hundred grand or something not a million dollars yeah 
Yeah, but I think a lot of people, to put a lid on this, but I think a lot of people nowadays that are coming up with game shows are just trying to outdo uh, a lot of the classics like we mentioned in the segment. Well, I think it's like that, that new one, The Wall or whatever. Doesn't make sense. Plinko on steroids. Exactly. It doesn't make sense. You know, I think they're just trying to relive the the past too much when they're just trying to, I'd say, just be unique and get a new game show out there to be popular. But what's our next topic there, Dave? Next topic, amateur tough man competitions. Last night, I ordered Rough and Rowdy 13 put on by Barstool Sports. The main event was supposed to be Billy Football versus former Major League Baseball player, Jose Canseco. There were 20 fights over the course of the night. Every other one was pretty much amateur guys going in there. Some of these guys obviously had never boxed a minute in their life. It's a complete shit show, and it is the most awesome television I think I've watched in years. <laughs> By far the best $20 I've ever spent. Give me your take on tough man competitions and how big of a bitch Jose Canseco is. Well, I, I don't think there's enough time in the day to say how much of a bitch Jose Canseco is, but uh, I saw briefly the highlights of this stuff uh, this morning before we started recording. A lot of people were shitting on it as far as this is the worst thing that I could spend 20 bucks on. I said, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, why? It's 20 bucks. Who cares? Uh, but anyways... Amateur tough man. I it's not something that I can definitely do. It's always something that you you'll see on ESPN currently or back in the day. And I always I always enjoyed watching it because you get these big burly dudes a lot bigger than you or I doing the stuff that just it's unreal. And I've always enjoyed watching them. Uh, I've never obviously participated in them. Obviously. As you can look through my screen, and I look like I'm I need some steroids from Jose Canseco. But, anyways, beside the point, tough fan contests are just unique in itself. I like the uh, is it what was the one that you had? It was like uh, decathlon or something. We actually had to like swim, and was that part of the tough man or was that something else? Oh, that's like a triathlon or decathlon. But it was more of like a, it was like tough man esque. I can't remember what the uh, heck the name was. I don't know. I've ever seen tough man is just amateurs going in and boxing for a couple rounds. And I remember they used to, they did a celebrity boxing one time. Yeah. Cause I remember Joey Buttafuoco beat the shit out of China <laughs> and Screech beat up somebody. Rest in peace, Screech. But this thing last night was funny in every way imaginable. And then you you get there, you know, obviously they used Jose Canseco as the name to draw people in. Right. And then that fight lasted all of 20 seconds with Jose Canseco getting hit a couple times and falling to the ground and feeling a, a shoulder injury, saying he tore his shoulder training. Defe- defending himself. Three months ago when they agreed to this fight a month ago. So he obviously bitched out. And right. it looked like, you know, going into it, I'm like, Jose Canseco is going to kill this guy. And then obviously it, the night draws on. And you're like, wait a minute, this is going to be pretty fun to watch. And then Jose Canseco just completely bitches out because he knows he's going to get murdered. So I think he went in there legit and then took a couple hits and was like, "Nope, I'm out." And then used this as his little escape goat. And I was a huge Jose Canseco fan growing up. The Bash Brothers, watching him with the the athletics, dude's a complete joke now. And literally, I hope we never hear or see anything of him again. 
because giving people like that any kind of props for anything should be criminal because he's a complete grade A bitch. I cannot say it any better than that, Dave, but I'm going to try. Growing up on the East Coast, a lot of the West Coast games I never really got to see unless they played the Mets or the Yankees or Atlanta or one of the East Coast teams. But when I did see him, I always enjoyed watching him play. But then when all this crap came out with him and steroids and all that crap, I absolutely despise him. Uh, you probably I, just hate him because he called out your boy A-Rod and cheating ass Yankees. Well, right. But that's beside the point. Uh <laughs> I just thoroughly enjoyed watching on loop the home run bouncing off his head. I will watch that yeah. on loop every day. Anytime of the week. I ever see that, it's hilarious. The guy's such every a clown. Time. He's such a jackass, though. And I hate calling people out on this show. I really do. But Jose Canseco is the exception. He is the biggest pain in the ass jackass that is out there now. He's now he's one of the most overrated people. He wants people to feel sorry for him because he pissed away his money with the stupid book that he wrote with all this celebrity bullshit that he went on. I'm like half hot right now because of this crap. It's just I kind of like the whole coming out and calling out the steroid users type thing. And I mean, if he wants to live and die by steroids and at least he's saying he was on and not lying about that or whatever. I get that, but still, come on, man. You know, we're trying to... I mean, to... he called out A-Rod before A-Rod was busted. Right. So, I mean, it is what it is. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, he's he's using this for money. He obviously got a payday and screwed over everybody. You know, Barstool included. Yeah. They're the ones paying for this. I mean, I don't know. The guys, I mean, like, how can anybody ever, ever take him seriously again? I didn't take him serious to begin with. It's when he started all this crap with uh, with A-Rod. I didn't trust him before, barely before that. When this whole steroid crap that came out with him and uh, Bonds and Clemens and Paul Myro, all those guys. I didn't trust him after that. I And I still don't. I will never trust him. Is he a moneymaker? Sure, I'll give him that. I will give him that. He's a draw. Is he a good draw? Will I pay to watch him? No. If he'll, any of he'll never be a draw again, ever. No, I, no, I mean, ever. He, he's after, gone. after he's gone. after this crap, are you kidding me? All this crap was a uh, a work, anyways. It had yeah. to be. It had to be. Are well, you telling on his end for sure? Oh, for on his end, of course. But you're I mean, telling... I thought I think he might have gone in thinking, okay, I'll knock this guy out. But like I said, he he ate a couple shots, and he was like, nah, screw this, I'm out. Well, how 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 old is he now? And I think he's he probably be... went in with the mindset, like if I get tagged or something, I'll just. Yeah, you know, he'll fake something. And like I said, the what pisses me off even more is Vince McMahon is probably looking at this crap. Said, "Oh, I can make money with this big burly bastard. Look at those muscles. He's so vascular." <laughs> Are you freaking kidding me? Are you kidding me? Let's just put it this way: the whole world needs to be done with Jose Canseco. I'm I and and I'm done with this segment. <laughs> Because if if I go on any farther, we're going to be shitting on Jose Canseco for probably another hour and a half. But so, Dave, our fifth and final topic for our rant and rave section here. What do you got? All right. The 2020 NFL football season has come and gone. Your world champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers have won the Super Bowl by defeating the Kansas City Chiefs. 
What are your thoughts, little Bills fan? Well, it's the Bills year next year. We're going to beat the Chiefs next year because I think we finally figured out that uh, it doesn't take much to uh, to ground and pound Mahomes out. Uh, but no, seriously, I think uh, for a lot of the gamblers out there, myself included, and I know you too, kind of got the shaft a little bit with the, uh, the with the betting. But as far as the game's concerned, if you're a Bucks fan, obviously you enjoyed it. Uh, but it was what it was. It kind of kept me into it because I was kind of relying on a bunch of a uh, bunch of numbers coming out with squares. Uh, if Brady, God damn you. I swear to God, he didn't score. If he didn't score at the end of the half, I would have had a 150 bucks. I know at the end of the third and the fourth, eight and nine for you, uh, would have won what, like 700, right? You said, I'd have won 750 bucks at eight and yeah. nine. So, and I, and I know we're not the only ones that, uh, that bet obviously for the Super Bowl squares, straight up bets, parlays, whatever, prop bets, whatever. As far as the game goes, I, you know, I, I didn't really have a horse in the race, obviously, but I was, uh, I was cheering for the chiefs, to be honest with you. Uh, it's not that. I don't dislike the Bucks. I just don't like Brady, to be honest with you. Uh, I just want something something different. Ironically enough, something different for me would have been the champs from last year. But it was nice to see uh, Todd Bowles and uh, Bruce Arians do well, get the championship. I do like those two guys. I will give the, the Bucks that. Um, it will be interesting this offseason because I know the rumor mill, and you might have heard it too. I don't know. The rumor mill is Bruce Arians steps down. He's going to basically promote uh, Bulls to the head coach, which I could definitely dig because uh, I think he's uh, one of those premier, one of those co- assistant coaches out there or uh, coordinators that really deserve a uh, a head coaching job. So, I'd rather see Bowles as the head coach than Byron Leftwich at this point. I think there's still a lot left to be desired to a lot left to be seen and desired from Byron Leftwich before throwing the reins to him. Yeah, I think it's going to take because this is his first good year. If I stand corrected, correct? Leftwich, that is. Yeah, I don't think he even started calling plays till last year, or I mean, not last year, the year before that. Yeah, he was promoted to the offensive coordinator at Arizona. Yeah, because I grew up watching him with Jacksonville when he when he was because he was drafted from uh, Marshall, right? Right. He went to Marshall and played for the Jags for a long time. Cause that's, and then, I mean, he played for Pittsburgh. He played for Tampa. Cause there, but his cause, main stay was in Jacksonville. And he, right. was, he was a damn good quarterback. I mean, cause he's not going to be a hall of famer or anything, but no, he was amazing in college, but he, it was him and Brunel in Jacksonville. Right. But that was about the same no, time. Brunel was before him. That was before him. I thought it was the same time. Ah, was before him. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, I, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting off season. I'll be honest with you. It was a hell of a game. You know, I actually stayed up for the majority of it until, you know, basically a couple minutes left. I didn't see, I didn't stay up and watch the post game whatsoever. Cause I had to be up early this morning. As much as, like I said, I hate Brady. I got to respect him. Seven championships. Christ, I, there's nobody, nobody out there. And all throughout today, all your sports talk radio, whether it be Dan Patrick or Clay Travis or anybody out there, those are the two main guys that I listen to uh, when I have a chance. They're comparing them 
they're having polls out there on Twitter. Who's who's the greatest of all time, Michael Jordan or Tom Brady? It's hard to argue against the other one, to be honest with you, because they both are the best ever. Pretty, And we, I think we can say that now, and it pains me to say that, but I think we can say that right now that Tom Brady is the best of all time in football, and obviously Jordan is the best of all time in the NBA. So what says you? Yeah, I agree. I, I think Brady's the best of all time at his position. and I, I mean, you'd have to think he's the best of all time because the quarterback position is the position. And of well, course, I think Jordan's I think Jordan is the goat of all athletes. Yeah. So, it's tough though because they're different sports. They're run different, you know, there's five men on the field, there's 11 men on the field. And some people are comparing Serena Williams. I, I, completely I, different though. I get that, uh, but I, I I I I agree wholeheartedly that it's Jordan and Brady. And I am not the world's biggest Brady fan either, but I think what the Bucks were lacking was the maturity and the leadership of someone like Brady. Right. And, and I think that really played a big part into this and, and not the boneheaded mistakes that Winston had made the previous year. And I mean, he, he never had anything like he had the previous year. Right. Right. But I would have much rather have seen the Bucks win that Super Bowl with Winston than with Tom Brady, but I'm not going to throw away a Super Bowl win because I've been a Bucks fan since I moved to Tampa in 1995, and they've been my end-all, be-all, and for the last 18 years, they've absolutely sucked, and it sure is good to finally have something that actually looks like a football team out there competing, and then what that defense did last night was absolutely incredible. Because that the defense they had last night was, like you said, absolutely incredible. And it reminds me so, excuse me, so much of the time that they last won the Super Bowl with that amazing defense that they had with Warren Sapp, John Lynch, uh, Derek Brooks, and it just. Rondé Barber, Simeon oh, right, Rice, right. Greg Spires. But that, I think that you started to see the turning of the uh, teams that won the Super Bowl when that, when Tampa won the last one, because you got to see that defensive one Super Bowls, them Baltimore. Yeah. Cause the year before Pittsburgh. that was the Ravens had won it the year before that with that defense that they had. But this was a little so, bit more. I think I honestly, I would have preferred the Tampa defense because that was, um, they were Gruden, right? Yeah, that was Gruden's first year in Tampa. So, but it was basically Dungy's team. Uh, yeah, Dungy left, but Gruden couldn't get rid of Monty Kiffin. So Monty Kiffin was the defensive coordinator through the Dungy years, mm -hmm. who built that defense up and ran the Tampa two. Mm -hmm. And he had his own contract with the Bucks, so Gruden coming in couldn't get rid of him, nor would he anyway. But Kiffin had his own deal there, and. He was legendary. I hated seeing him go when he left to go to Tennessee in college with his son Lane. That's a little bit different. I mean, it's a different time. They could play a little bit more physical style football then. And you can't, like these days, you just can't get a, what a lot of those guys could. So that Ravens defense and that Bucks defense, 0-2-0-3, I mean, those were some good teams right there defensively. They didn't have much on the offense, but they didn't need to. So they had just enough offense to win games. And the defense, I mean, the defense scored so many points that it didn't matter. 
Well, your offense only had to score eight, 14 to, you know, 21 points or something. And your defense scored another one or two. And especially at that time, you didn't need that much to score. You're not going to score like a 50 burger or something on somebody possibly, but the odds weren't uh, in that favor, but uh, it goes to the question has to be asked is, is this team going to stick together? Whether are the players going to stick around and take the pay cut to win, or are they going to go somewhere and get paid? Well, the it was it broke today that Mike Evans has offered to restructure his huge contract in order to help keep the team together for another run. Mm-hmm. So I know they're going to lose or unrestricted free agents and Chris Godwin. Levante David, Shaq Barrett, Rob Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, and I think, I think maybe Fournette. I'm not sure, Possibly. but I know the first five are. You hate to lose any of them. Chris Godwin didn't play a, a factor at all last night in that game, that football game. Gron- but I think Gronk he's somebody did. that the Bucks need. They can't lose Godwin and Brown. They need yeah. at least one of them. Yeah, but I would like to see them both come back. If you have that same core with the same three receivers, you have three really good tight ends on the Buccaneers. So that's where I, I, I think OJ Howard would be the odd man out. Right. Keep Cameron right. Bray. Cause you can keep Bray a lot cheaper and you can keep Howard and Howard's always injured. So I don't know why I keep him that it just, it pains me that the Buccaneers drafted him instead of Dalvin cook. Cause we've all seen what Dalvin cook's been and Holy shit. He's electric. Well, you watched but, last night's game and Fournette, you, it was like the Fournette of old when he was at LSU. Yep. Fournette and, looked really good. So, and, I mean, I could see them, I could see them moving on and getting rid of Ronald Jones if they have to, but I, I don't think Ronald Jones takes up much cap space either. So, I mean, it all depends. But you absolutely have to take into account, I would hold that defense together. Keep David there, keep Shaq Barrett there, keep that defense intact because that defense kept you you know obviously you have Brady there that's going to score points but you know you got him for another year like we talked about go into this draft man go into this draft go get a running back because I think that's where they need if there is a gaping hole in that organization right now it's uh, it's running back because you got Fournette. Fournette's not a spring chicken anymore. Get rid of Jones. Get somebody in there. You still have Fournette. He can still go next year. Have somebody learn from him. It's a hell of a guy to learn from, obviously. Uh, or even get some like a get one of these rinky-dink quarterbacks or something that you think you can get in there or something, and then have Brady tutor him. And I don't do, know. I don't want. You I don't want, want some young quarterback. It's if you're gonna go for a quarterback give it a couple years, trade up in the draft and get a top 10 pick. Yeah. But you also see that the likelihood of a Dak Prescott happening, there's so few and far between or Tom Brady. And I mean, it's just, it doesn't really happen. Most of these guys are, are going to be your early, early picks that you have to get. And I mean, you're going to hit some, you're going to miss some. I don't know. I'd be interested to see if in a year or two, the Bucks don't go after Aaron Rodgers. I, I heard I saw a stat last the night. Aaron Rodgers' tenure in Green Bay is coming up. Oh, if it yeah, it, it's going to come soon. Somebody. 
Well, they got that. So well, he doesn't they got, they he, I mean, he's got a year or two left. That's it. But it was interesting. And he's going to go somewhere else. That Brady beat Breeze, Rodgers, Mahomes in this playoffs. And well, don't forget that dominating Washington Redskins quarterback from the what? XFL. Oh, him too. I don't even remember who's. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but, but but even just those three perennial Hall of Famers, legitimate Hall of Famers, Mahomes, first ballot I, Hall of Famers, I mean, easily, easily, and it goes to show you that in. We talked about it either the episode before or whatever, but or maybe it was even just off air. Don't bet a bet against Brady. That was my first mistake. That's gonna. I'm sure people are making a, made a lot of that same mistake uh, this this year too. But it's gonna be an interesting offseason. Like I said, there's gonna be a lot of moving parts. There's gonna be a lot of people on the move. A lot of quarterbacks on the move, and it'll be interesting to see where these people land. I think. Right now, do you see Tampa getting to the Super Bowl again next year? If the team returns, I can see it. Yeah. Do you see Kansas City uh, right too now, or no? The, the odds that came out today is Kansas City's the favorite at a five to one to win the Super Bowl. And I want to say Buffalo, Green Bay, and Tampa were tied for second at nine to one. Yeah. But I, I'll take that odd, those odds right now. Because with with uh, with Drable coming back in Buffalo, which I'm surprised that he didn't get a head coaching job, and I'm surprised uh, uh, the dude from Kansas City, uh, Bienemy, Eric Bienemy, he I'm surprised he I hasn't got Bienemy's got some baggage from Bienemy's got some baggage from a few years ago. I thought I so too, but I back. but I I couldn't remember. But I mean, right? it's been like 20 years. Yeah, so it should. By now, it should be forgiven. You know what I mean? It's not like he committed murder or anything, but he's got some baggage. You know how the NFL, some of those owners are just, they don't want to see that kind of stuff, especially mm-hmm. when it's the face of your organization, like the head coach. So, but I, I'd like to see him get his due because I think it's it's past time that he take he get a head coaching job. No, exactly. I agree 100%. Uh, so early prediction, we'll revisit this problem, hopefully at uh, this time next year. Who are you predicting right now to be in the Super Bowl next year? Super Bowl next year. Would it be what, 56? We'll shoot for your prediction this year. Bucks we'll go and, Buffalo and, and Tampa. I still say I want to see. But it really just depends on who comes back to Tampa. Tampa's got yeah. a lot of holes that can leave. Well, and I think that's a lot, a lot, a lot of organizations have that too. But I, as much as I want to see Brady back there for try to get that eighth championship, uh, I'm still going to go with my bills. I got to do the Homer pick obviously. Uh, but I honestly think that that next year is going to be their year to get there. Uh, but I, I still say the LA Rams, man, they made a lot of, it may not have been the most popular move with in the Stafford. It was Stafford, but it's going to be a make a break year because especially in LA, I, I he's got Stafford's the, good, but I think Stafford's stats are so padded because Detroit has never run the ball. He's never had a thousand yard rusher. He's never had shit. We're gonna see. So we're gonna see what he does. The ball. Well, we're gonna. But he has that arm. So though. we're gonna see. Yeah. I mean, right. I, I think he's a good dude and a good quarterback. But we're mm-hmm. gonna see if he's elite and is as good as what people think he is. I mean, he's getting. I mean, he's obviously not old, old, but he's been in the league a while. Yeah. So we're gonna see. 
It's going to be either boom or bust with him. That's for sure. So, well, I mean, if he doesn't hit for them, I mean, they, they're giving up a lot for him. So it's definitely oh, going to yeah. be boom or bust. Because well, who? Yeah, they're giving up a lot of draft picks. Plus, uh, obviously, it with also golf. you know you see where Deshaun Watson ends up. Right. He could end up somewhere at like a Chicago or something like that, and everything could change quickly. I'm still saying, I'm still saying that Watson's going to Miami, man. I think he wants to stay in the South. I don't I, think he goes to Miami. You don't think so? Eh, well, we'll wait and see. I, I know, obviously, we'll probably touch on it when it does happen, but let's go back up to the ring with uh, Mr. Rich Palladino. The following contest is scheduled for 10 minutes and revolves around you. It's listener questions. Hey, what's up, ladies and gents? It's the Yeti from the Irish Trip Podcast, and my question for the ringside rant and the fans. Why can't male Japanese sports entertainers ever really get over in the WWE? I mean, Shinsuke is there. We just saw a, a former WWE superstar in Kenta show up in AEW. So is it writers? Is it universe? Is it the translation from the New Japan style into the WWE? Um, I guess my question is, you know, really is why can't a male Japanese sports entertainer ever really get over? Outside of NXT, we're talking main roster, SmackDown, and Raw. Why is it so difficult for a male superstar to get over in the WWE? All right, Dave. So we heard from our good friend Josh from the Irish Whip Podcast. Follow him on Twitter at 406Yeti and at 3Irishboys with a Z. Great uh, supporters of the show. So he wants to know, obviously, as we just heard, uh, why can't male Japanese sports entertainers, wrestlers, whatever, get over in uh, in WWE? Does Yokozuna count? Uh, no, because he wasn't Japanese. Rodney Anawaii wasn't Japanese. Yokozuna was. Okay. Well, I guess that's the <laughs> exception to the rule, but um, I think he's pretty, as far as current stuff. Uh, yeah, I don't we, know. We, might, we, we mentioned Shinsuke. We can go Shinsuke from there. Shinsuke Nakamura. And you have, I mean, Asuka, she's over. But I guess he said male. Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Let's see. We've had we have Shinsuke Nakamura. We had Kenzo Suzuki back what 10 15 years ago. We also had we saw him uh on AEW this week. We had Kenta in yeah, WWE. I, I think Kenta when he was in NXT, I think they had a lot thought out for him, but he was injured a lot. Now oh, he was right. one that was on the shelf a lot, not a one-time injury. It seemed like he was always on the shelf. So I think they just eventually just threw in the towel and said, forget it, forget it. But he never would have gotten a shot anyway. He's too small. So in Vince's eyes, he would have been, I think he could have been big deal in NXT. But main well, roster I, never would have happened. I, I think Vince puts too much emphasis on promos. And he really didn't do that with Yokozuna, even though he could speak English or whatever. But the, the, you know, the character Yokozuna was Japanese sumo wrestler. And he had Jim Cornette as his mouthpiece. So I think it all boils down to promos. And I'm interested to see how Kenta is in AEW or if it's just, you know, he's with New Japan. Is it just going to be short-lived stints in AEW? But I really thought watching Shinsuke Nakamura, especially with his NXT stuff, and then with him winning the Royal Rumble, 
his first year here. I thought that was going to be something else. And it was fine. We were finally going to get through to that only for him to lose turn heel and then just completely be misused. When he went on that low blow spree that he had when he faced AJ at mania and that, I think when I saw that with AJ and Shinsuke, I thought they were going to bring back the few that they had in Japan with new Japan. And that quickly well, that's subsided. The whole thing. You watched their match from their feud in New Japan to their match at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Not even close. No, it's not going to be close because it's too. I think also what Josh asked too was if it was with as far as their work compared from Japan to WWE. I th- he said, okay, was it that or is it well, storyline I mean, or wrestlers, is it everything? The wrestlers have more freedom there, which you know they have an AEW, but they don't have in WWE. Right. So, because that's the whole, the whole thing is Vince doesn't consider it wrestling. It's sports entertainment. And I so think that's Vince where it's different. Product, and then there's there's wrestling. So, and I think that. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I don't want to see spot fest though, and I, I think that's one of my issues that I have with a lot of New Japan. And sometimes NXT can be the same thing, and, and we talked about this on some of our ad free show Zoom calls and stuff about prostituting your finish and things of that nature. I don't need to see a finishing move get kicked out of 14 times in a match. It's stupid. And, and I think that's, that's one of my things why I don't, I don't really consider new Japan matches. Those, those 18 star classics that you get to me are kind of weird because these guys are kicking out of things that would literally cripple a normal person. Well, and, and I, it's just not there. I think so, it's two different audiences too. When you think of Kenta, when you think of Shinsuke, when you think of a lot of these Japanese stars, another guy that we can bring up is Yoshitatsu, who was over here when Kenzo Suzuki was over here. A guy that flourished. If you watch any of his stuff, go throw him in YouTube, throw him in Google. Watch his stuff over in Japan. He was a star in Japan, and that's why he came over here to the States, why he well, came to the like main roster. You had Taka Michinoku, and, and I think WWE had big plans for him. Right. But the problem was is they brought nobody else in to feud with him. So they were starting their whole light heavyweight division uh-huh. built around Taka Michinoku. And I guess like he started with, you know, he had that couple first couple matches with the great Sasuke. Right, who's another one that was should have been... And then they have Takamichi Noku. Then he pretty much just feuds with Brian Christopher the whole time. Yeah. And they have that little eight-man tournament. And then it was over. But it was a complete laughing stock compared to what WCW had with their cruiserweight division. Mm-hmm. So it, it was never... You know, Takamichi Noku was doomed from the start because they didn't have anybody else for him. They didn't have a whole division. They had a couple of guys, and that was it. So then he got stuck in the whole Kai and Tai thing, and it just became a joke. So you you could have had stuff, but Vince doesn't see it. You know, it, it says that, oh, it's a failure. Well, the whole division's a failure because your whole division's one person. There's nobody else, dummy. Well, and I think it doesn't transmit, transform uh, from Japan to the states. We saw with Shinsuke. Nobody, they don't know what how how to cheer them well that's the whole thing is if these guys don't speak good english 
get somebody like a Jim Cornette or whatever to be their manager or, you know, you, you have Don Callis right now as the mouthpiece for Impact Wrestling. And he's with Kenny. And I, that's like Kenny Omega. I think Kenny Omega is terrible in my crone. Yeah. But you get a mouthpiece for him and let the mouthpiece do the talking. It is what it is. So there's no reason. But you push Brock Lesnar. He doesn't ever speak. Why can't you do it to somebody else? Well, you put him. But the thing is, though, with especially with the main roster, you say you want to put somebody with them. Who the hell are you going to put with them? Paul Heyman. But that's it. Find Who somebody. Else? There's but, plenty of people out there in wrestling and wherever that can talk on the microphone. I understand that, but who the hell are they going to do? They can't find anybody. That's the problem. They have the one, uh, oh crap, it's going to escape my head. There was a manager down in NXT. Uh, not uh, Malcolm Blivens. That's who I'm talking about. Yeah. He He is a fantastic guy on the microphone. Fantastic. Another guy, the old Robert Strauss. But I'm saying that you can find somebody in wrestling. I mean, in the entire world, in rest, you can find mouthpieces for these guys. But I don't think he wants to. That's the problem. I don't think we're going to see that Western style of wrestling in WWE main roster. See, I, I miss until- the days of managers. Oh, I do too. I don't think everybody needs a manager. But geez, could you imagine no Bobby the Brain Heenan back in the day? Oh, exactly. If you can you imagine a Bobby the Brain Heenan with a Shinsuke Nakamura or a Kenta or Christ, we can even bring any of these guys over. Can you imagine There's that? There's plenty of good talkers that you can use and you can utilize somewhere else in your business, maybe as some kind of writer or something else. There's plenty of guys that know the business that can talk mm-hmm. that you can use and utilize out on camera to help these guys get over with the crowd if you feel that that needs to be, but look how over Shinsuke Nakamura was in NXT. He wasn't out there cutting promos or anything like that. He didn't have to. And even if he does do his promo and his, you know, the, the English that he does know or the accent that he does have, who cares? The, the, the biggest problem with WWE is all these overscripted promos to begin with. So, you know, when Drew McIntyre was a heel and he was doing his heel thing as the, the Scottish psychopath and all that, he was awesome. Mm-hmm. But as he comes out now and he cuts these promos, I think if fans were there, they'd be shitting on him like they did on Roman Reigns because a lot of them are just as bad as the face Roman Reigns promos. Well, and I just don't, especially on the main roster, if you put him in NXT, they'll do absolutely fantastic. Look at how well, when Shinsuke came over from Japan, put him in right in, in NXT, the fans absolutely ate that up. Because they enjoyed it. They gave him the respect. I don't think that Japanese wrestling has a place on the main roster. Because it's totally different demographics of what they're going at. Uh, I disagree. I I think they all can be on the main roster. But if you feel the need to have promos and all that crap, get them a mouthpiece. So it's there. And I mean, look at NXT... You know, prior to this pandemic and all that, when they'd have their takeovers prior to WrestleMania, prior to all the big pay-per-views, those crowds are lit. And they're way better than any WrestleMania crowd or any other crowd. Those people want to see that stuff. So you get the you get the NXT guys and the smaller, you know, 10, 12,000, 15,000 seats arenas, you know, prior to the Royal Rumble 
and you know because obviously Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, they're they're having these in the big ass you know domes and stuff. So when you're putting NXT in the smaller building, that's a normal sized Raw crowd or whatever. I mean, those crowds are electric. Mm-hmm. Go back and watch the NXT takeovers from two years ago. You know, prior to WrestleMania and stuff. I mean, that stuff is kick ass. Go back and watch it from when Shinsuke Nakamura was champion. Go watch his match yeah. with Robert Roode. I mean, those things were incredible. Go watch his match with Sami Zayn. You can treat the main roster the same way NXT treats their stars. You can, but they won't. But they don't. So, but why not give it a shot? Look at your ratings. You might want to try and figure something out. Well, I, and I think it push comes to shove. There's only one man that matters right now. And we know who, what his name is. It's Vince McMahon. And he does not want to put over people, guys, gals, whatever, that aren't through his system. Look at Shinsuke Nakamura. Look at Bobby Roode. Look at Finn Balor. The only one that's gotten anything from Vince that didn't get built up by Vince recently that I can think of as AJ Styles. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Because you look look at a guy like Samoa Joe. Granted, he's been injured. But at the end of the day, and we'll, we'll put the uh, put the kibosh on this, but at the end of the day, it's going to be whatever Vince McMahon wants until the day he dies. Well, be- and that's what, that's the unfortunate part of it. And, and that's, can, can, that's why I hope AEW can suck me in a little bit more and, and get a little bit better product in terms yeah. of their writing and things. Cause I think a lot of the, that's the AEW, the talent is there, but now you need somebody to build it together to make storylines that make sense and to really put it together and then see what we can do. Yeah, because the, the talent is there, but now you need something else to really put it all together and give us something better to watch. Because I mean, that's WWE is unwatchable right now. I mean, especially Monday Night Raw. Good God, oh, yeah, yeah. But let's. I, I mean, we'll see. I, and it's I not think... always about. It's not always about talking, and I think the the talking segments are what really Vince likes, but it's what does it in. You go back and watch a Monday Nitro from 1997 or whatever. There's not a bunch of long, out, long drawn out segments of guys standing in the ring talking. I mean, you would have your NWO segment and you might have a horseman segment or something, but that's it. But Vince McMahon is so obsessed with mic work and talking that he forgets about the wrestling aspect of his show. And why people are really there. Because I don't give a shit what you say. You call it sports entertainment or whatever. People are there to see action. They're not there to see people talk. Mm-hmm. And I will. You can do it without all the talking. Right. I, I'll say this and then we'll, then we'll move on. But I think Vince is going to look at the stuff that's going on with AEW. Or he's going to be told to look at it. All this cross promotion with between AEW and Impact. AEW and new Japan. And he's going to be told that stuff is going to have to change because we're, I think we're going to start seeing the change in the guards here 
with Kenta coming over, with a lot of these New Japan guys coming over to AEW and making their promotion, making their in-ring work, their talent a lot better. And we saw it when AEW came out, the WWE product got a little bit better. We saw when they went to TV, the NXT product got a lot better. So I think that's going to be what's going to happen in the near future with the main roster is they're going to see this cross promotion. People that are being brought in into AEW will cause AEW to be better and thus will have a trickle down effect, making the WWE roster main roster main or main roster, excuse me a lot better and as well as NXT. So we want to thank Josh from the Irish rip podcast for that great question. Follow him on him on Twitter at four Oh six Yeti, as well as at three Irish boys with a Z. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the main event of this wonderful episode. I have the honor of introducing the man, the myth, the legend. He's Dave, the QC. If you don't know him by now, you damn well better get used to it and get to know him. Dave, What's on your mind, man? What's on my mind this week, RJ? I got a little something to get off my chest. The main event this week is brought to you by none other than the man himself, Jose, or Joe, or just Joe 1997, or whatever you want to call his ass. You want to be a friend, Joe? Be a friend. You want to troll for internet clout? You can eat a dick. I've been doing podcasting here on Ringside Rant for about a month now. I'm enjoying this new experience and trying to better myself, not only in podcasting, but in everything I do. And I'm the first to admit that I still have a long way to go and a lot to learn. Now, when it comes to sports, I love nothing more than trash talking with my friends and especially my friends that are fans of rival sports teams. However, you have to always remember trash talk goes both ways. If you can dish it out, your ass better be able to take it. However, Jose, or just Joe, or as I like to refer to you as, the modern-day bipolar bastion booger with a lisp and a slight suntan, you don't get to talk shit all week and then be a dick and try to drag down my show, which is completely different than why you're fucking mad in the first place. You got your panties all in a bunch just because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady, who I don't give a shit about, won the Super Bowl, and your little sorry-ass Packers aren't there. Now, of course, RJ and I have had some growing pains trying to get this show up and going as I'm brand new to podcasting. But you're not going to throw down on Twitter and start talking shit about something where I have texts from you talking about how great we're doing just because you want to try and be an internet fucking cool guy. Sorry, but at this point, Point, I haven't gone out and purchased thousands of dollars worth of shit because I don't know exactly where I want to go with this. There's still a lot for me to learn, and before I go out and buy a bunch of things, I'm going to figure it out. So while you're out delivering McDonald's and Applebee's to those of us who don't feel like leaving our house, I'm sorry you're so lonely that driving in your car and making videos on your phone that gets single-digit views is what you consider a great day. I go out and try and be good to everybody that I know, and take care of my family and then have fun on top of that. And I have zero qualms in telling you, you can kiss my ass. I met you in Vegas through a friend and thought you seemed like an okay guy, just a little bit lonely. 
Hell, I met Dougie. I met Hoop. I met JD Hoop. I met Rotella. I met Luck and a whole lot of other motherfuckers that weekend too out in Vegas. And none of them seem to have any kind of issues like you do. The difference between you and all of them is none of them seem to have sub-adult mental capabilities and try to get on Twitter to start some bullshit to look cool. You think I haven't gotten negative feedback from them? Think again, bitch. But the negative feedback they give is constructive. They don't go out and just start posting random shit to try and look cool. So just remember this. I'm winning, motherfucker. I have a gorgeous wife. I have amazing children. I have supportive friends and I have a bright outlook on life. Your ass is pushing 50. Your pant size is pushing 50. You make shitty Facebook and Twitter videos and you haven't seen your dick since the mid 90s. Stay the fuck off my page. And on that note, we want to thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the Ringside Rant. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore ringside rant, as well as on Instagram. You can follow him at Dave in the QC. If you're not already, you better start right now. Uh, go over and follow us all across all your major podcasting platforms, including full press coverage and the new platform that we are on now, iHeartRadio. So head over there, download that app as well. And uh, check us out on there as well. Some great music and uh, sports talks and podcasts as well. So, Dave, outside of that, you got anything else to plug uh, before we close shop for this episode? As always, go Bucks. <laughs>